Hello and a very warm welcome to this edition of the Africa Legal Podcast. Today I am thrilled to be joined by yet another winner at the African Legal Awards, this being a representative of corpus legal practitioners in Zambia who claimed the Banking and Finance Team of the Year Award, Small Practice, at this year's awards. Now, the head of the Banking and Mergers and Acquisitions Department at Corpus is Lupia Simusokwe, and I am more than happy to have Lupia here with me today. Lupia, what a wonderful pleasure to have you here. I want to dive straight into some questions. Now, this is a big win for the firm, but it is the first time you've been recognised at the African Legal Awards. So, what has been the biggest changes that the firm has made this year to be recognized for this award? Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much, Tom. And it's, it's, it's a pleasure to, to be hosted. Um, and, and of course, you know, it's an exciting time um, having won this award. I'm very grateful uh, to you know, our clients as well as our team here. Um, so, you know, the firm has been in existence for quite some time. This is our 26th year. Um, over the years, we've, we've managed to develop, you know, expertise in different areas of the law, one of which is the area in which we've, we've just been um, awarded um, in banking and finance. Um, so we, we've continued to assemble the best talent you know, in the field. We have also continued to push the boundaries to provide first-rate legal services. Um, and I think all that has, has continued to see most of our clients, you know, keep faith in us. Um, and eventually, we, you know, we, we've, we've seen a, an award uh, coming. And, and so we are very excited about this, uh, uh, you know, achievement. Thanks for that, Lupia. And, and look, to, to go into a bit more detail here, I know that your practice expands into international banking and investment procurement from development organisations with, with a focus on, on African and, and Zambian markets. So how has this aspect of the banking and finance team helped with the award win in this case, but also with the wider development of the firm? Do you find that being able to provide uh, international clients with the advice that they need has been a, a key growth enabler for the firm. Um, you know, share a bit more information with regard to this. Um, it, indeed, indeed. Um, again, thank you for, for, for that question, Tom. Um, so yes, you know, I, I, as I mentioned, you know, over the years we've, we've managed to to, to develop expertise in different areas, and one of which is is the banking and you know and finance space, dealing more on the international side of things. Um, and you know, in the last year, we, we've had quite interesting um, instructions. Some of which have come from um, you know highly respected um, export um, finance institutions, uh, and in particular, I can talk about the the UK Export Finance Department, um, you know, where we've gotten to do a very, very crucial uh, project um, on the lending side to the Zambian government. This was about um, 280 million pounds uh, transaction uh, where the lending was being made for purposes of uh, constructing 
108 health posts in the, in the country, so dotted across the country, and then three district hospitals. Um, and, and obviously an investment of, of, of that sort by the government through the support of uh, the export finance, uh, UK export finance, uh, you know, uh, it couldn't come at a better time than when, you know, the country and many other countries, as you would appreciate, um, are getting to face the, the COVID, uh, you know, pandemic. So quite instrumental um, of, a, of a transaction to have done. But, but most importantly, you know, this is an, you know, a very interesting transaction in the sense that for purposes of our client, um, they had to make sure that they come to the right people who could help them navigate the various local law hurdles um, that would typically be first, uh, particularly when you're lending to a sovereign, um, such as, you know, the, the government of the Republic of Zambia. Um, and so um, this, this, this is one of the, the few examples I can give um, that has made it possible for us to, to clinch uh, this interesting award. And we continue to obviously be a go-to firm when it comes to, um, you know, DFIs and, and, and different international lending, you know, uh, firms that are looking to offer, you know, their loans or whatever transactions that they may want to, to extend on the Zambian market. And it's always exciting for us. And, and we, we, we are ever forever grateful to, um, to all the cooperating partners and, and, and potential clients as well. Thanks, Lapia. I'm interested to kind of dig a bit deeper here. Obviously, the provision of kind of flexible financing for uh, sovereigns in Africa, particularly now, is absolutely vital for development and, and healthcare in particular. Do you... Or, are we seeing, or do you think it's likely for us to see this being conducted on an intra-African basis sooner rather than later? Or do you think that the figures needed is always going to, at least for the foreseeable future, necessitate such funding coming from outside of the continent? I'm interested in your perspective there. Right. Okay, I, th I think it's, uh, from the way we see things, um, Tom, um, I, 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 would, I would think that um, there's definitely going to, there is need, obviously, for, for quite a lot of, um, you know, inflows uh, of, of, of funds, um, particularly, you know, at the, at the governmental level, taking into account, you know, the lots of, uh, challenges that are being faced uh, as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, we, we, we see that, um, you know, obviously there's been a lot of initiatives undertaken, you know, at the global level to try and uh, make it a little bit easier for uh, governments to, to manage their, their debt portfolios. There's been some debt suspension, debt service suspensions that have been announced and, and implemented. But, but we, we expect that um, sooner than later, there's going to be uh, quite a lot of uh, uh, transactions happening, um, you know, on the sovereign side. Um, and, 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 and we believe also that um, on the domestic side, there's, there's definitely going to be quite a lot of uh, uh, transactions that, that we should expect to, to register uh, in the country. I'm, I'm not sure whether that sort of addresses your, 
your question. No, it, 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 it does. I'm also interested in addressing the, uh, the sources of such funding. You know, it's looking at whether it's going to be the likes of the United Kingdom, of the United States of America, of other Europe, uh, you know, European powers such as Germany and France, who are the sources of this funding for the foreseeable? Or do you think that an intra-African finance landscape is, is developing where we could have, um, you know, African DFIs lending to African sovereigns? Or is that just not foreseeable for the near, ter- near term? All right. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that. And, and uh, I, I, can, I can respond categorically that we are seeing um, a very impressive shift, uh, Tom, um, insofar as African DFIs are concerned in, in providing finance, um, you know, in the African continent. I can talk about uh, uh, some transactions, some of which we, we handled in the last you know, uh, year uh, and part of this year as well. Uh, where African DFIs have, have been providing finance, uh, not only to to the government, but also to um, local uh, companies um, that, that are seemingly uh, you know viable financially. So the trend the trend is looking very promising, and we expect quite more of that um, in, in in the short term and to not to medium term. Uh, so the future looks good in that space. So I, I don't imagine that. Um, the sources of finance uh, will we, we'll be limited to uh, outside the, the African continent. So the, the, the continent itself is, is, is appearing to be working up um, the quite exciting financing transactions that, that, that are coming up as well. It's good to hear, Lapia. And I think, you know, it was evident in some research that Africa Legal actually conducted in partnership with uh, the Rwandan Kigali International Financial Centre that there is such a demand for African perspective and African expertise to come with the funding that wasn't necessarily being provided when this funding was, uh, was solely external. Um, so great to have your comments there and another indicator of a, a positive trend. Um, look, speaking of p- potential positive trends, there is a new president sitting at the head of the Zambian government. And you've already mentioned that you know Corpus has worked with your own government previously. So I'm interested in your thoughts. Under the new presidency, how do you foresee the financial sector behaving or being impacted or actively developed under this new leadership? Right. Thank you. Thank you for that uh, question, Tom. Um, again, that's another, ex- you know, exciting uh, aspect that I, you know, almost everyone in the country um, has received uh, and been warred over actually with, um, uh, with, with both hands, uh, the change of regime in a, in a transparent and peaceful manner. Um, definitely a, a new dawn and, and in fact the new government um, calls itself the new dawn government um, so the, the new new regime comes with a focus that um, um, you know is looking at turning around the economy and so one of the things that the regime is promising uh, is actually to support uh, businesses um, and so far 
for your information, Tom, and for, for any of the listeners, information, you know, we, we've seen the creation of uh, uh, innovative ministries, you know, by the new government. Um, so it's a ministry that focuses on um, uh, small and medium uh, enterprises. So it's called the Ministry of Small and Medium Enterprises. And so this is meant to, to, to deal with specific issues that uh, businesses in this, this kind of uh, stage of development would be facing. You know, most of which, as you would imagine, would be finance. Um, so it's expected that the financial sector will be very busy, you know, in, in the medium you know, term and beyond. And so uh, as one of the leading service firms in the country, uh, we're extremely excited about, you know, the future. And, and, and I imagine that even all the financial players um, sh should equally be excited because uh, I think um, the future looks very bright in, in that context. It's great to hear. And I think, you know, that SME focus is to be applauded because even in the world's most developed uh, um, economies, it is SMEs that actually provide the backbone of so much economic strength. And it's often overlooked, especially in regard to, to African markets. Everyone's talking about, you know, giant infrastructure projects and, um, you know, uh, uh, mining magnates coming in, which is all well and good and, and to be encouraged. But the the small entrepreneurial spirit that drives so much of African commerce has so much more potential to grow. It may well be slightly more difficult to manage, but I don't think that's excusable when it comes to you know how how much potential there is. So it's really great to hear that that's a specific focus of the of the new government. A follow-up question here is in relation to finance and banking across the continent more broadly especially with innovations around financial technology or fintech, it's becoming increasingly cross-border or borderless. Um, this is, you know, transactions and payments and electronic and e-commerce and, you know, these, these things don't care about borders as much as countries might want them to. How are you as a firm experiencing and responding to this borderlessness when it comes to a lot of African finance and, and fintech? Indeed, and it's a, it's, a, it's a good question that you asked, Tom. Um, you know, we, we, we've seen in the recent past um, quite a lot of, um, you know, activity uh, in the fintech space and, and most of the, um, you know, clients would come to us to, to get advice on how to navigate the regulatory environment as they transact in this, you know, borderless kind of, uh, um, you know, environment. And, and you know, it is indeed um, a reality that we are living. So the, the key issues that most clients face is, is really to get to do business with counterparties in Zambia. Uh, and, and, and while doing that, they, you know, ensure that they don't offend local laws. And, and, and that's where we come in. So we are able to provide practical advice uh, to be able to help clients navigate you know, the headers and, and most importantly to enable them to to uh, you know meet their commercial ends um, so in, in responding to that we are in fact developing a more capacity uh, in, in in the regulatory space of, of, of our practice um, so we, we continue obviously to hire the best talent um, 
and we continue also to to build stronger relations with um, with with not only our clients but also the regulators, um, and 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 help not only to um, assist clients understand the, the legal framework but also to uh, guide the regulators as to the trends that are happening uh, and out there, and so that you know we we, we influence. Uh, even legislative reforms, regulatory reforms, which can then support uh, businesses in, in the modern day. As you would appreciate, Tom, uh, most of the the laws that you know exist not only in, in, in Zambia but in many other you know emerging economies had been developed um, at the time when you know technology has hadn't advanced. So they're still traditional laws, uh, and so. It's a process that um, has to be gone through uh, to, to then get to a point where you you, you have laws that uh, are specific and very supportive to um, to, you know, to, to, to fintech systems. So it's it's an exciting time, and and we we continue to to respond to to, to this in the, in the manner that I've, I've explained. You know, working closely with with regulators to to not only you know bring them up to speed with trends. Um, but also ensure that um, as we do this, we, we also develop capacity internally uh, to be able to continue um, providing seamless advice and support to to our dear clients. Thanks, Lapia. Uh, you know, I think that two-way relationship with regulators is to be applauded. Too often, some African regulators have been quite standoffish and dogmatic in how they've approached regulation, whereas actually the companies and their advisors and the people that have their fingers on the pulse, they're seeing what's coming down the track many, many years in advance. And it's actually them who are best placed to assist the regulators in making the right regulations rather than just being you know, suddenly hit with uh, punitive actions and uh, and 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 uh, punishments or lockdowns and so on. So good to hear another example of a progressive attitude with regard to a specific jurisdiction is this dialogue that you seem to be able to enter with the regulators. A, a very quick follow-up on that regulatory question. You know, I'm going to narrow this to the financial services uh, uh, sector, but are there any regulatory nuances or those traditional laws that you've mentioned, uh, you know, uh, 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 hooks or traps that you're often finding non-Zambian corporates caught up in when it comes to the regulatory regime of your, your domestic market? Anything in particular, and we can't go on for too long, I'm sure there might be a few, <laughs> but is there anything right. that comes up time and time again that you just like to make people aware of when it comes to entering the Zambian market, specific to the financial service industry, if that's an easier approach. Yeah, sure. Uh, but I, I can, I can, I can mention one which um, I think is a is a serious hurdle. Um, you know, when it comes to uh, e-commerce, um, we we obviously have have had a. Some recent legislative developments on the on the e-commerce uh, uh, supportive legislation, um, but but there, there are some traditional laws that seem to still be problematic for for most uh, you know um, of our clients and 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 and, so, and the market generally. And this this relates to um, situations where 
you enter into a transaction and um, we have an, an old act, you know, Tom, uh, that dates back to the early 1900s uh, that tries to regulate um, authentication of, uh, of, of documents. And, and so one of the hurdles that most, um, most, most clients face, and, and that's where we come in to help them navigate that, uh, is, is to, 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 to now you know, sort of remain compliant with that act. So in, in a nutshell, that, that statute tries to say that, uh, you know, if you've signed an agreement uh, outside um, the country, you can't rely on that agreement in Zambia before a Zambian court, or at least produce it in evidence before a Zambian court, unless that agreement has been authenticated. Uh, and now that's, that's, you know, a statute which um, was legislated um, at the time when there wasn't e-commerce, you know, the, you couldn't enter into transactions uh, electronically at that time. But then it remains on the statute book. Uh, and then the unfortunate part, unfortunate part is that the, the new legislation on electronic commerce doesn't seem to have um, uh, overridden that statute. And so you, you, you remain uh, with that gray area. Uh, but there are some, some you know, innovative uh, uh, solutions around that, which we, we, we by the way, I, I'm glad to mention that uh, one of the cases that actually uh, found a practical solution to that problem uh, was actually uh, argued by, by ourselves. Uh, you know, we took it all the way up to, to the Supreme Court of Zambia. Um, and so it, there's a practical solution that, you know, the courts have, have now uh, been able to to provide um, and, and which most clients are, are, are continually continuing to find are quite helpful, uh, which effectively just you know focuses on managing your your sequencing of of your execution of, of your document in a certain way such that the last party to execute that uh, document executes it uh, uh, from within Zambia. But again, as I mentioned, that that sort of an arrangement that you know is focusing on um, traditional contracts, uh, and we are yet to see how um, you know sooner than later uh, the, the nexus could, could be drawn uh, when it comes to um, electronic uh, you know, transactions, and that's why I think, as I mentioned earlier, uh, we, we continue to uh, to work closely not only you know with um, the regulators but also. You know, with with state institutions themselves, you know, to you know, the National Assembly, for example, it tends to invite calls for the public and all private sector players uh, to suggest amendments to the law. And and, and as a firm um, that is is playing in the commercial space, we, we are always first to um, to respond to all such calls and and suggest uh, practical solutions and legislative reforms that will, will support. Uh, businesses uh, in in the current day, so that that would be if, if, you know an example that I can give. Uh, there are many, by the way, um, and we see quite a lot of such um, for fintech companies. Obviously, they, the the main worry is around licensing, as you would imagine, whether you know somebody providing um, some funds to 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 uh, a, a borrower uh, or a recipient in in, in Zambia would then have to, to to seek a license of any sort 
but that, that's that's the, the, the work that we we normally help clients uh, uh, with, uh, and and almost everyone that has has, has approached us has never regretted uh, coming our way, and uh, so we are able to help um, them navigate the, the environment uh, it's, in, in a legal uh, and practical manner. Great to hear, Lapia. And I must say, as soon as you mentioned the word agreement, authentication, and also licensing. It's really a match made in hell when you've got outdated legislation and the creaking cogs of outdated bureaucracy. Um, you know, the licensing regime is made very clear. However, the backlog to be granted a license is is four years. Or you can very easily have your agreement authenticated. However, the department that authenticates documents only opens every other Tuesday between 2 p.m. and 4 p.m. It's a great example of just how how useful local legal representation can be because it goes beyond the advice and far more towards the practicalities of how to solve these kinds of problems. You know, advice is all well and good, but you need someone that can actually provide that on the ground assistance as well. So it's great for you to give those, those examples and great to hear that you've been helping clients overcome those specifics as well. So we're, we're, we're short of time, uh, Lupia, but not out of time. So I want to give you a final question with a brief response. What is next for the firm? You know, you've got this win, you've got this great recognition. We've had a lovely chat about the progress and what that's been built on. What are you looking to achieve next year and how are you going to make that happen? Right. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for that, uh, Tom. And um, yeah, I, I got your question that uh, we, we're running out of time. But, but briefly, I, I could, what next? Um, we, we hope to, you know, to win more awards next year and, 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 and beyond. Um, and not only in, in the banking and finance category, um, but possibly in other categories as well. So, you know, we, we have um, a firm that is a full-service firm. So outside the banking and finance space, we have um, the corporate advisory, you know, department. Uh, we also have another department that focuses on uh, dispute resolution and, and another full operating department that focuses on uh, energy resources and, and infrastructure. Now, these teams uh, continue to have you know, diverse talent and, and uh, the best of, 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 of the people. And so we will continue to attract the best talent, you know, in, in the respective fields. Uh, and most importantly, we'll continue to put our clients first, you know, in, in what we do. Um, and that means providing first-rate legal services and, and helping them to, um, helping our clients to obviously navigate the, the legal hurdles that, uh, um, you know, the, the, the climate will, will present. So we, we are very optimistic um, for, for the coming year and, and beyond. And uh, we, we, we are forever thankful, obviously, to, you know, to our clients who continue to have faith in us, um, as well as, our, you know, our teams here at Corpus. So nothing, obviously, could be achieved without, without you know, team support and, and, and client support, as, as I mentioned. So I think that those would be my, my, my remarks on that, uh, Tom. 
Thanks so much for the positivity there, Lapia. And I think as long as you stick to your guns there on client service first, practical solutions, a African-wide outlook, there's certainly nothing in your way of a few more awards and that all-important client growth and retention. So, Lapia, it remains to be said a very big thank you for joining me today on this episode of the Africa Legal Podcast. And as always, a very big thank you to all of our listeners. And if you are new to the Africa Legal Podcast, be sure to uh, peruse any of our back catalogue, which is available on all good podcast providers, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and SoundCloud. And as always, visit us at africalegal.com for all the news, views, and insights that improve your life as a modern African legal practitioner. So without further ado, this is Lupia and Tom signing off for the Africa Legal Podcast. <laughs>